All right, ready? Cool. Yep. Welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. We're here at Journey Active in La Crosse with our, or the owners, excuse me, Kevin and Devin Weiss. Uh, so we're here today to talk a little bit about their story, uh, their background of how they started this, kind of what their vision is, and what they hope to accomplish. So if you guys want to give us a little bit of background about yourselves and how you kind of came to the idea to want to start this company and kind of where you're hoping to take it. Sure. Go ahead. Well, um, my name is Kevin Weiss, like you said. Um, I studied here at UWL. grew up in Fountain City, Wisconsin, so pretty close to La Crosse here. Um, but I studied business management, economics, and sustainability. So uh, for me, it was more about the, the vision of creating a company. And Devin and I had a really nice pairing, you know, aside from being husband and wife, um, just our backgrounds. So. Yep, so my background then would be the fitness side of things. Um, I also went to UWL here for my first three years and then did an internship in Eau Claire, graduated from there, and I've been teaching group fitness classes since I was a sophomore in college, um, so a few years ago, um, and then decided to move on to some personal training, and after that, uh, Kevin's vision for the business kind of started to be a reality, and I realized uh, being my own boss was definitely something I wanted to do, and I've always had a burning desire to help more people um, be proactive about their health, and so this was a really great way to be able to do that. So how long has this idea been in the works? <laughs> well, we make it sound longer than it actually has been, so it hasn't even been a year since this opportunity fell in our laps. I would say probably November yeah. of last year we were approached. Um, with the idea, hey, think about this. Okay, yeah, sure, we'll think about it. And then kind of set it aside because that was way out of our comfort zones and not something we were ready for yet as newlyweds and newly graduated and all of those things. Um, and then in January, they're like, so have you thought about it? And we are like, oh, so you were serious. Okay. So then we started to take it more seriously. So it's been since January of 2016, just this year, um, and now fast forward October, this is where we're at. So, so kind of a streamlined approach. Yeah, right? yep. It's been very quick, and the, the funny thing is Devin's always had a dream of owning some type of gym, whether it's like a home personal one where she did personal training and such. So we hadn't really thought about starting our own business and helping so many people, but the opportunity just kind of fell in our laps, and one thing after another, and we're, we're here. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. more of that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Taking a lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. So once that opportunity came, how did you start to develop that, your vision of what you wanted your company to look like, and your training philosophy, so how did that evolve out of that process? Yeah, good question. I would say that was the hardest part because it was like, oh yeah, cool, like a gym, that's a neat idea. Except for in order to have a gym that works in an active area like lacrosse, you've got to stand out a little bit. So we have to be different than everyone else. And I've always known that in order to attract clients, um, in order for clients programming to be effective, it's got to be different than just the next best thing out there. Um, so that's where our, our vision for the business started to evolve. That's where this map structure came from. Can you see it in the camera? 
a little bit, maybe. Yeah, no, it's not four square, it's 20 square. So um, we actually have six foot by six foot squares in here where that's what we call our map and our programming kind of uh, is structured around that. So everyone has their own square in a class. They're not always stuck to the square. It's not like your little box where you have to stay within. Um, but we created that structure for the class um, because in my experience teaching group fitness classes, a lot of classes can be very crowded and uncomfortable. Um, and so you don't always feel like you have a space to belong. And so that's, that's your space to belong. And we may move around um, within the map to different squares, or I may move around to the other small room for the pull-ups um, and do different stations with kettlebells or ropes or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's what makes this really unique is that map structure and also our foundational training of kettlebell training and body weight training. We start with uh, moving well first and then we move lots. So um, yeah, that's, that's how our programming evolved. So most of the, I guess, options in terms of what members are doing, is it all group exercise sessions or is there open, open training time? How does that part work? Definitely. Um, so we're not starting off with personal and small group training, you know, two to four people, but that's something I'm hoping to phase in. Um, what we did when we were starting Journey Active is we wanted to look at what was already out there and what are they missing out on. One of the biggest things that we found is that personal relationship. You know, you'll have people who go to a gym, stick their earbuds in, and go into it without a plan. There's no, there's no guidance, and usually they get the workout in and don't talk to anybody the whole time. And just us as humans, we need that personal connection, that personal relationship. So that's what we kind of built Journey Active around, and that's part of why we limit our class sizes so that people can get the proper attention, make sure they're doing things right, not getting injured. Um, and so when we phase in that personal and small group training, that's going to give us even more options to have that personal connection with people. So we, we really wanted to approach this kind of from a disruptive standpoint for the fitness industry because most, uh, most, most everything out there is, is not personalized attention. There's not a lot of uh, unique ideas, and so we kind of just looked at the competitors and uh, did quite a bit of research and kind of came up with some fun, creative ideas for own. Yep. And going along with like the open gym time too, that's something where like foundationally we're structured around group classes, um, but then from there, any of our family members or our members um, can have an open gym membership. And so we made that very affordable, um, is something that they can choose to add on if they want to come in and additionally do their own thing or some of our programming and work on it on their own time, just work on technique, getting things better. We did that because we want them to come in, learn how to do things correctly so that they stay and so that they want to work out because there's no worse thing than coming in doing your own thing, sticking your headphones in, and being really sore in your back after your deadlifts and wondering why deadlifts have to feel this way. And so um, that's why we did the group classes, so we can focus on everyone's form and technique first, and then we can expand from there. So I think it's good for everybody. 
was that corporate espionage work? I just envision you guys with like little binoculars peeking <laughs> in the windows of other gyms around town and taking notes. Yeah, well. some of it was kind of like that. You know, we, we tested out some different places, and that's what you got to do. You know, you gotta you gotta be actively involved in the process. And fortunately for us, Devin has had experience working in all different types, whether they're kind of big box type gyms, local gyms, or uh, you know different type of fitness facilities that you'll see in, in most towns. So I don't know if you want to expand on that. At all. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, and this is, I definitely think that our programming and our structure stands apart from everyone else's, but I also think that everyone else's has the time and place and the person who fits that. So I'll never be somebody who says, like, um, everyone else is, you know, they're wrong, and we're right, and so you should come here. Um, you know, maybe there's some of that, but I definitely think that, you know, 24-hour gyms have their time and place. If that works for someone who's self-motivated and they know what they're doing and that's their comfort zone and they're noticing results that way, great, stay there, do that. If you like to keep your headphones in and you don't want to have relationships, don't come here. <laughs> so that may work for like the really introverted person. However, both of us, we were just talking yesterday about how we would both uh, identify as introverted individuals. So starting a business, as you might guess, is out of our comfort zone. Um, but it's growing us so much and we're realizing that this is something we enjoy. Like as humans, like Kevin said, we long for relationships. No matter how cheesy that might sound, like we we long for relationships. So it's something that we really enjoy, just being around people during our test week this week. Um, and so we know other people are going to like that aspect too. So, yeah. One thing I forgot to ask earlier: what, what's with the name? How did you guys? That was my big one because it's yeah. not X Fitness or yeah. something gym or right. whatever it is. It's I'm I guess most people if they search local fitness aren't going to sit there and see Journey Active and right. go, that's where I want to go check out just because it doesn't say your typical things. Right. Yeah, that's well, a good question. There's there's two kind of sides to that. One of it, one of the sides is, is from the business standpoint, we want to stand out. We want to be different. Something that, um, you know, people will come to learn, even though it may be kind of a transition process, helping people um, get that brand recognition. Um, it's going to help us stand out. But the second thing is, both, both words, journey and active, kind of play a part for us personally. Um, if you want to kind of talk about your journey yeah. So journey started uh, from my side of things at the beginning. Journey has always kind of been like my life word or like what I kind of live by. Like everything's a, a journey. You're never there yet. You know, you've never reached your destination. You may reach like points along the way, but you never reach your destination. Um, so it's all about the journey and the process. And so that was where um, the name Journey came from. And also just a little more personal side of things, it was the theme of our wedding two years ago. So we had like a travel journey theme. Um, so that tied in us and we wanna be very real with everybody who comes in here and we want them to know us and we wanna know them. And so that was where the journey part came from. And um, yeah, then going along with the active side of things, gym journey and journey fitness, you know, they were things that just rang too well. Like everywhere is whatever fitness or whatever gym or whatever, you know, so we, we wanted to stand out. And it's going to take us a while to develop that brand recognition. 
but people ask that all the time, like journey active. Okay, so we know that you're a facility that does something with activity, which is was our goal. We didn't want to just go with journey because there's a whole like chew company and some other things, you know, that might be kind of confusing for people. So that's where not a bad thing to do. Yeah, with the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other side of that though is, you know, when you, when you hear the word fitness or gym, you've got a picture that's already painted, right? It's maybe of this uh, muscular guy or this, you know, tight fit little girl. Well, we want to welcome everybody. And the word active, it, if you kind of relate that to some other words, it's engaged and present, right? So if you're active in something, you're engaged, you want to be involved, you want to learn about it. And when you're here in class, you're present. You're forgetting everything else, getting rid of the distractions. You're here working on yourself, whether that's the actual class and working on your physical health, or um, some of the thing, other things that we'll offer is um, those health explorations, which are um, kind of free educational seminars, not only for our family members here at Journey, but for the community as a whole, where they will be able to register and come in and attend a session on different health-related topics, whether it's mental health, um, financial wellness, stress management, chiropractic care, it's all part of your overall wellness. So we want people to be actively engaged not only with their exercise, but with learning about how they can better take care of their, themselves, kind of from a holistic perspective. Yeah. So, awesome. Good backstory, okay. Yeah. We always want to have a purpose in everything. So, and that's something that um, anyone who comes in here will learn too, because we'll often ask people like, so what is your purpose? Your, your new friend on the street might not ask you what your purpose is, but when you come in here, we understand how important it is to have something working for, you're working for. So um, I was just listening to a TED talk yesterday um, from a guy who coached me during the, um, my Strong First certification which is a kettlebell training that I went to in Philly. And he did a TED Talk on um, basically purpose. And his doctor told him, change your diet, because he was at 330 pounds and he needed to do something about his life because he was a food addict. And um, so he needed to find a purpose, and that was his mom. And uh, they went on this journey together and got to a healthier place, and now he helps people do the same thing. And so that's what we want to do because unless you have that level of like disgust or that um, overarching goal that you're aiming for um, you know it's just going through the motions and you can do that anywhere so um, yeah so we're driven by that purpose yeah so I know you don't want to bash anybody and I'm not asking you to but We've kind of talked about some of the things, like what are some of the biggest mistakes or like myths that you've seen like in the fitness, health industry, I know, or even some of the things that would be like the biggest waste of time. Sure. And something like we kind of do, A with this and B with the blog, it's just like, there's certain things that are just shown not to get you where you want to be. Yep. What are some that you guys have seen? You want me to take this? Sure. <laughs> um, so, we could probably go on and on and on and on yep. about all of the things that are out there and 
when I was thinking about this before today, I was just like, gosh, like, what do I, what do I pick? Because there's, there's so many things out there, and as, even as fitness professionals, we're bombarded with, like, here's the next best, like, way to train, here's the next best, this thing, get your clients to lose 30 pounds in five days, and they'll feel great, and it's a lie, and so there's just a lot of stuff out there that probably one of the biggest things I've learned is um, to not take anyone's word for it right away, to do my own research, and um, that's something that we will always do here. But I would say, you know, getting back to the question, two, I'll stick to one of the biggest myths that I know of, and this is a struggle for, for women uh, primarily, but also for men, I think, is the scale doesn't lie. Um, and, you know, part of that is true, because the number on the scale, yes, is what you weigh, but, but what does that number mean? Like, what is, what makes up that? Um, and so people think like, oh, 100 and whatever, you know what, I won't even say a number because there's no number that makes you fat or skinny. It doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. And so, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned personally. So just a little bit of my backstory. Um, growing up as a, as a girl, you're bombarded with all of these images of like what's good and what the next best thing is and how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days and all of these other things. So I won't say anything specifically, um, but what that got in my head was at 135 to 145 pounds in high school, I was fat and I didn't feel good about myself. And so um, the scale told me that I weighed somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. Um, and then I, when I came to college, I decided to major in fitness because I wanted to find out more about that number. And I wanted to know, you know, how my body was working and how to fix that because I felt like I needed something to fix or I had something to fix. And so I had my body composition tested a few years ago um, and I was at about 26 or 27% body fat. And so um, I was told that that was okay. Um, but during that time also, I changed up my routine a little bit, which is another myth. I started strength training, and for women, lots of women think like, ooh, like not gonna touch the weights because they're gonna make me huge, and I don't wanna be like that swole guy at the squat rack, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I started strength training, and Fast forward three years later, just really long story short, um, at about 130 pounds and 15% body fat, I look completely different, but I'm only about five pounds on the scale lighter. So if I were the average individual out there, I'd be looking at the scale three pounds later being like, why can't I just lose 15 pounds? Why can't I just lose 15 pounds? I'm doing everything that everyone says I should be doing. I'm working out, I'm running five miles a day, I'm eating all the right foods and taking the right supplements and all of this stuff, but um, the scale's not changing. But my body composition changed a lot. And so um, if you would look at a picture of me from high school and you'd look at a picture of me now, I think I function and feel way better. I don't think, I know I function and feel way better um, now as a trainer, um, and somebody who moves a lot than I did in high school um, as an athlete. So 
Um, I think, yeah, I'm a little passionate about that topic. You're not alone. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We found, just in one that we had done, we've referenced it multiple times, basic study on working out with just this basic strength program and one that had a diet component to it. And we, it's just general people, sedentary people yep. from the community, came in, did bod pod, metabolic testing on the whole bit, and yeah. you know, we'd have people come back and they were pissed because they uh, lost three pounds, but when you actually broke down the body comp, they, I mean, some of them had dropped 10 pounds of fat to put on yeah. six, seven pounds of muscle, and didn't even realize it because they just looked at the scale, and like, once that happened, a lot of eyes were open, and it was just like, oh, yeah. well, maybe this isn't so bad, just because they just hadn't had the muscle to put on before because they never tried. Yeah. And I feel for people because a lot of times they don't have access to that kind of equipment and they don't quite know or quite understand the changes and they'll quit. They'll get discouraged because they're not losing the weight that they right. wanted to, so they stop whatever they were doing, even though it was absolutely the right thing and they yep. were making an incredible transformation. They just didn't give enough time or didn't quite understand what was going on. So yeah. I'm with you on that one. I hate the yeah. number on the scale. I hate body mass index that kind of <laughs> classifies you into a certain category I've just based on for the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, same with me for that. And life is over. Yeah, yeah. off the yep. charts on that. So, it, yeah. And there's situations where people can be of a healthy BMI, of a healthy weight, but clinically they're obese, you know, from a metabolic standpoint. Their cholesterol levels are terrible, triglyceride levels are terrible, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, pre-diabetic, but they're healthy according to their scale and their BMI, so they think they're okay, but again, they may have 35% body fat. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, clinically a mess. So. Yeah. That's a... Glad you brought that point up. That's yeah. a good to be addressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. You're not and, alone with it. You know, well, just piggybacking off of like what you said about access to that type of equipment, that needs to change. And yeah. I don't know how. Um, that's, you know, bigger vision than, than me and, and maybe what I can do alone, but that needs to change for people. They need access to that um, stuff to be able to see those changes and see how much muscle they have. Because when, when I knew how much lean muscle mass I had, I was like, dang, I don't even care if I have like 20 pounds fat on me. I have that much muscle? That's pretty cool. And, and that's, that's changed from how I felt about myself. You know, there's such thing as skinny fat. So, yeah, um, I think that's interesting with you guys being on the forefront of it. Just some of the things we've talked about about utilizing the bod pod and yeah. something that you and AJ and I have looked at on our other side. Just like getting that information out there so people can actually have like the driven results behind it, and it's not just a number on a scale. Like it's a little more complicated than that, yeah. and it doesn't have to be. It really has to work its way into the medical community. I think before any substantial change happens, because you go in for your annual physical, they weigh you, they tell you your BMI. Your health screening over yeah. at the uh, right. your insurance. Uh, yeah. Biometric screenings, and that's really what is very unfortunate because they use that to, not necessarily with this healthcare plan, but they'll adjust your premiums or put you at a higher right. risk category based on your weight or your BMI yeah. when it's absolutely misleading. And even like the military, they will still rely on that sometimes or people will fail a fitness test because their BMI was high. So they have 7% body fat or something. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not at a high-risk category at all. And it, it needs to start with that kind of policy change 
you know, we can attack it from the fitness side of it, yep. which helps, but that's where it's a really big issue when those types of decisions or classifications are based on misleading information. Yeah, absolutely. That, that might help from a medical standpoint with preventative medicine, the way that you should approach it rather than being treated for this stuff after, you know, you're ready years down the road, yeah. you can attack it early on if you know those little details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this is going too far <laughs> off script, but like with the whole preventative medicine side of things, obviously we're not medical professionals. Um, I would never claim to be, I would never give somebody medical advice, but I can give them general health advice, general nutrition advice that's going to help the general individual. Mm-hmm. And most of us as Americans are general people, you know, like we don't necessarily fit into that elite athlete status and maybe not we're, you know, like completely far gone um, where we need absolute medical care and, and all of those things. And so part of our mission um, as Journey Active is to partner with medical professionals and um, healthcare professionals in the area to get people that preventative care. So um, like chiropractic, physical therapy, making sure people are well um, so that they can work out their best and they can notice results better and faster because, I mean, the truth is it's not just fitness, which is you know, a lot of what we do is not just nutrition and it's not just chiropractic and it's not just something else. Um, it's all of those things that work together as pieces of the puzzle. So Yeah, we did an interview with a physical therapist in the area and we kinda of talked about the same kind of thing of almost treating body maintenance like you would car maintenance, right? Go in before there's a problem, get your regular oil changes yep. and do those kind of things throughout the year so that you're not stuck with a broken down car. Same thing with your body, just do your routine maintenance from a variety of different angles like you mentioned and that way it's not going to be too late or then you won't have to fix things when they completely break down. Absolutely. In order to be successful in any area of your life you've got to be consistent. Do those regular checkups whether it's health or finances or working on your faith or you know whatever it is. Have that consistency. Yeah. And you only live once. Your car may live twice. <laughs> or you could get a new one, but you only live once and you only get one body. So, you know, our goal obviously is to be able to help people learn how to take care of theirs. So I think a lot of people are just afraid of the time that it takes um, mm-hmm. to make substantial changes. But if you go at it from the consistency and preventative side of it, I think it you know, kind of taking out the Tim Ferriss with the four-hour you know, body and things like that really doesn't take a whole lot of time, yeah. either on a daily basis or a weekly basis. If you just put in a couple hours here yeah. and there, you can make pretty substantial improvements over time. And the tough thing is that they, they see that front-end commitment, but they don't see the years that it could potentially add to their life. Yeah. So, you know, my background is in finance and right. a financial advisor. And it's the same thing. Well, I can't afford 100 bucks a month to save for my retirement. And then you see the majority of, of people who get to retirement and all they have for income is Social Security. It's Oops. the same thing with health. If, <laughs> if you save a little bit, you do that 30 minutes, hour workout, three, four times a week, you're going to be thanking yourself in the long run rather than your future self being mad at your present self for not doing what you needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's what we don't hear a lot within the fitness side of it. I like that. 
Apparently. It's the other yeah. 22 hours of the day thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, which I think is the other, uh, you kind of touched on a little bit, and like kind of myth is like, you don't have to work out for two hours a day to be in shape and have healthy, like you just don't. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. And it's so much of what you do at the other time, because you could go work out for two hours and you go eat an entire pizza and it goes away. Unless that's yeah. your goal for certain people, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> time and a place, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. different people, different things, but. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like the same thing, like you have to do cardio to lose weight. I think that's very interesting. Not a single piece of cardio equipment in here. Yeah. And I applaud that. I think that's great. When you talk about your big box gyms, everybody goes on and you see the gym memes about the people on the treadmills and the ellipticals, and it's just like you're, that's why you hate it. You're just, nothing's effective yeah. when you're doing stuff like that. So. Absolutely. Do you guys mind if I grab a kettlebell really quick? No, go for it. I just want to touch on that little cardio aspect. Okay, so total home gym right here, or journey gym if you're coming <laughs> over here. Um, so people are like, yeah, cardio. How do I get my cardio in? I hate running. Yeah, live faster. <laughs> um, so kettlebells, which is what our functional or our foundational training is is built around. It's your core, it's your strength training, it's your cardio all in one, and all of your accessory movements. So full body workout right here. Um, I'll just do a couple different things and kind of tell you what I'm doing in them. Um, so. Uh, core, we could go with just a goblet squat, down and up. If I'm from the side, my core is engaged here, so can of punch me in the stomach. <laughs> I'm engaged, my core is working. Okay. Uh, another core exercise would be the snatch, which I'm not going to show you right now. Um, cardio. Kettlebell swings, probably some of you have heard about them, maybe never done them, um, or never done them correctly, and don't do them because your back hurts. So, <clears throat> cardio right here. And done. Okay, my heart rate is already starting to be elevated, so I'll probably start to breathe harder if I'm doing a few rounds of that. And uh, just to give you an example, our workout yesterday, we did 10 rounds of 8 to 12 swings um, at the top of every minute. <laughs> By the end of it, people were like, okay, I was wrong, I was wrong. Like, kettlebells can totally give me a cardio workout. And um, I picked up and went for a run with a friend who was training for a marathon a couple weeks ago. No problem. And I'm not really a runner at my core. Um, and this has been the one thing that stayed consistent. Uh, strength training with a kettlebell. Uh, I'm just gonna do a shoulder press. So clean, press. Got a nice little strength movement in there. My core also getting a lot of work through that too. So uh, yeah, that's your little home gym. And I mean, pretty simple, I think that's, you know, maybe another myth that people believe is you've got to have like 
this complex, crazy plan in order for it to work, and you have to do all the things. And <laughs> you don't have to do all the things um, in order for it to work out. You know, keep it simple. So that's, that's my little plug for the kettlebell. Um, something that we like here. Yeah. So. I think that's a good point. A lot of people like, kind of miss the forest through the trees with trying to stick to their strict definitions of cardio training or strength training. Um, but if you look at more of like the physiological side of it, of what you're trying to do, when we do cardio training, you're trying to increase heart rate, increase ventilation rate, and things like that. Well, yeah. you can accomplish that through anything. It doesn't have to be on treadmill, on elliptical. If you do compound movements, you know, with high repetitions, your heart rate's going to go up, your breathing rate's going to go up. Yeah. Um, all responses that we're trying to do from our, our kind of cardio-based definition. So the mode of exercise is really irrelevant. It's what, from a physiological side point, what's actually happening that's the important side of it. So you can do that from kettlebell training. You can do it from running. You can do it from cycling. You can yeah. do it from hiking up a bluff here in the cross, jumping jacks, jump rope, like... All the responses are the same. Your body doesn't care what it's doing. It's what is what is it actually doing to your body. That's the important part of it. So I think that's perfect. You can accomplish that through kettlebell training, and then you can also start blending it with other styles of training. You know, strength based, yeah. core development, things like that. Absolutely. So I'm going to do my half marathon. Right. I mean, perfect. Did three long that. runs the entire training in yeah. 12 weeks. Everything else was. I don't even know what the best way to say it is. Interval. Certain yeah. interval, yeah, that's... that's For marathon training? Half marathon, yeah. Half marathon, okay. Running eight 200s with 60-second rests in between, yeah. or running 400s or 800s, and it would take me half an hour, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to dedicate an hour and a half to a six-mile run or whatever yeah. it would be, or yeah. hopefully it didn't take me that long to run six miles, but it's, yeah. it ended up working. I made it through the thing. That's awesome. I always tell people... You know, if there's something that you don't like to do in exercise, don't do it. <laughs> like, you don't want to go run 10 miles, don't. If it hurts, don't do it. Um, or, or find out why it hurts and, and then find out how to do it correctly. But, um, you know, if you're a runner, power to you. Like, go run. That's great. Like, it's good exercise for sure. Not bashing that at all. Um, but, yeah, if there's something that you don't like to do, find what you do like to do. Even if that's hiking or doing body weight stuff at home in your living room. Um, make it fun. Yeah, make it fun. So, yeah. Yeah, someone, we both kind of are joking that we hate, you know, cardio, don't do a lot of it. Part of it for me personally is I'm not very good at it. You know, yeah. it does kind of hurt a little bit. I've never put in the time and effort to improve that skill and get it to the point where I can do it pain free and really enjoy it, but at the same time, I can get those kind of benefits through other types of exercise, and that's, yeah. that's what I've done. And, you know, if we look at what my VO2 max would be, which is a common indicator of aerobic fitness or anything like that, right. I've never really done a consistent aerobic training in five, ten years, and my VO2 max is still probably in the 50s, which, you know, is above average. It's not great, but it's not bad considering I never hit the trails running for right. four hours a week. So, yeah. you can accomplish the end result through a variety of different ways. Absolutely. You work to be your best at what you're good at and what you enjoy the most. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of anything. Should we move on to our... Sure. Well, I guess I, I do have another question. So you, you kind of got into some of it with 
some of the different types of exercises and relying on kettlebells primarily, but do you have different types of classes or like levels of class? You know, here's our beginner, our intro version, here's the more advanced um, kind of style of class, or is it kind of pretty similar across the board? Yeah, um, so starting with the, the beginner side of the question, so anyone is welcome to come into any class. We, we don't necessarily have a requirement at this time of you have to come to this beginner seminar class at this time, this day of the week. Um, we wanted to be able to accommodate for everyone to come to any of our classes throughout the week. So if you've never touched a kettlebell before, feel free to come in and feel welcome. We take time at the beginning to work on some mobility and the skill that we'll be applying for the day so that there are no questions. So if you have never touched a kettlebell before um, and we're doing swings for the day, we're going to start with our foundation of a deadlift and then we're going to work it up into the swing and then we'll apply it during our workout. So um, that's great for the beginner. It's great for the advanced person because we all always have something to work on. Um, so that's how kind of our classes are structured, but then also on the beginner side of things, the second Friday of every month, um, our Map Connect class, which is basically our um, partners, stations, workout day. It's kind of our do whatever day. I'll have a lot of uh, fun things incorporated into our Friday workouts. Um, the second Friday of every month will be replaced with beginner um, class. So all eight classes that day will be for anyone who's a beginner or who's advanced and wants to come in and tweak form um, can come in during those classes the second Friday of every month. Um, so as far as our other classes throughout the week, each of our five days of the week focuses on a foundational movement. So I mentioned swings and deadlifts. Those are our Monday foundational movement. So Monday is the same um, all the way down. All eight classes are the same. So we did that so that people aren't coming to multiple classes a day, overtraining, that kind of thing. But if they decide to come to five classes a week, they're not overtraining because of our different foundational movements each day. So um, yeah, and we work on lower body pull, upper body push, lower body push, upper body pull, so that we're alternating things um, throughout the week. And then also incorporating different um, accessory muscle groups um, within the workouts too. So it's not just, you're not just swinging the whole time or you're not just deadlifting the whole time because that'd be a long 45 minutes. <laughs> um, but, also, but yeah, so. Um, adding modifications, Devin does a great job at, you know, if, if you can't do one of the movements, we come up with another movement that's comparable that works the same, same muscle group. And that also brings us back to the map. We limit the class size so that you can receive that personalized attention. If you're struggling understanding one of the workouts um, or one of the specific exercises, we're right there to coach you. You don't have to worry about getting lost. You can feel like you belong in the group and you're getting the attention they need. Yeah. So, the only thing we ask from people is, you know, we're not going to know you have a question unless you ask us. So, unless you look around, you know, there's the definite confused look, uh, like, how am I doing? Uh, oh, uh, was I supposed to pick up my kettlebell? How do I do that again? Then, obviously, we're going to know to help you, but, yeah, that's the only thing we ask of people. Um, in order to give modifications, we've got to receive feedback and 
have people asking, and that goes back to the whole like engaged in the process thing. So, and hopefully we're not too intimidating <laughs> to be able to have people ask us questions throughout um, the workouts. Uh, but I think, yeah. Does that answer that question? Clueless look is probably how we look when we do yoga. Then <laughs> looking at the person next. Like, oh, am I doing this? Right? That was how I felt. How'd you do that? <laughs> When we went to the front of the class and we didn't realize it, they pushed us <laughs> to the back real quick. Yeah. Why don't you guys go? Yeah. People politely suggested, you guys may want to. Perfect. <laughs> I thought I was going to the corner that I needed to be in, but I was wrong. If you could go in the hall, you would have. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's get into the clinically pressed questions here and we'll kind oh, of wrap things up. We'll take away the first one. First one is what are you, something you believe in that others may not? Sure. Do you want to take this one or you have me to? Um, I can, I can, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Make sure you're doing your saving. <laughs> and yep. risk management planning, that too. Um, one of the things that, that we believe is that um, supplementation is key and it is for everyone. Um, the reason for that is just as Americans, there's, there's no way we can really get all of the nutrition that we need out of our diet unless you're very strict and you do your meal planning to a T every week. If and the reality is most people don't do that. So Yeah, and there's different levels of supplementation. Obviously, whether you're focused on just feeling better, trying to gain muscle, trying to have better results if you're, if you're running um, and such. So we believe there's a place for that uh, for everyone. Yeah, I do actually. So supplementation um, is exactly what it says it is. So like, um, I again won't call anything out specifically, but um, there are places that say like, you know, do this and have this shake this many times a day and you're going to get everything you need. Well, the reality is, is you need some real food, um, a lot of real food, and a lot of real good food, and the supplementation is to supplement that healthy diet. So, you know, you're eating well-rounded meals, but you're also filling in those gaps with good nutrition through your supplements. So whatever that may be for you, as long as you've, you know, done your research and, and believe that, you know, things are, that what's going in your body is filling those nutritional gaps and you know what your needs are. Um, yeah, that's something that we definitely strongly believe in, so. Awesome, awesome. Oh, we got here next one. <laughs> yeah, top three take-home. Oh, yeah, can I remember the next one? Talk, top three take-home tips or recommendations that you would have for people? Yeah, this is, uh, kind of applies to wherever, whether it's, finances, whether it's uh, mental health, physical, fitness, um, really anything in life, three things, and that they kind of all tie together. Um, assess where you're at, so this is more of action steps kind of thing. Uh, assess where you're at, two, decide if you like it or not, <laughs> and three, decide what you're gonna do about it, because um, I think not enough people hear that, and uh, 
we're too much of a sugarcoating culture. So Immediate gratification. Yeah, it's like, oh, do whatever feels good. Okay, well, that didn't quite work for you. We'll try the next best thing. No, like the reality is you need to, you need to know where you're at. Are you not happy? Okay, well, decide what you're going to do about it and take it seriously. So I think, you know, that's another thing that I'm clearly passionate about, but those would be my three, whether that's where you guys were going with that or not, but those would be my three, like, action steps, you know, for each person individually and something that you can do, because without doing, nothing's going to happen. So, um... Got to be active. (laughs) Active. Active. Yeah. Most influential fitness purchase, under 100 bucks, or give or take. Definitely a kettlebell. And that one wasn't too great. And like it's a at retail cost, I believe they're about a dollar per pound. So if you think about it, most people aren't gonna. This isn't like uh, like barbell lifting where a hundred pounds might not be a lot for some people. If you get a hundred pound kettlebell, uh, you're not pressing that right away. It's just not gonna happen. So um, yeah, like dollar for pound, you can get a lot for your money and you could actually get a few different kettlebells and you've got a complete workout system. So awesome. uh, let's see, next time we got book recommendations. Yeah. If you were to recommend a book to read again it could be to improve health or just just a good, good read if you yeah. got any that you want to throw out there. One that I particularly like, and it's not necessarily just because of my financial background, but it's by Napoleon Hill. It's called Think and Grow Rich. The even though the context of the book is about money, if, if you really dig into it, it's more about visualizing what you want yourself to be like, and that will come to fruition if you truly believe it and you make a plan to start working towards it. Um, the reason why that's so important is it, it applies to everything. And one of my favorite quotes is Zig, Zig Ziglar said, um, I, I think he said, if you um, plan to fail, or, or you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So um, that whole visualizing, I want to be a healthy individual at 80 years old who can still run a mile. Or I want to be that um, guy who can take my beautiful wife and um, live on a beach somewhere for my <laughs> retirement. Um, if you visualize it and you want that um, to come to you know fruition, you got to start your journey somewhere, and that starts with a plan, and then the action steps, being active to make that plan come about. So yeah, yeah, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. It's a good one. Devin, you have one? Um, not a book. Well, yes, yes, I do have a book. I lie. I like to listen to books a lot. My uh, attention span, just reading sometimes doesn't work for me as well. Um, but right now, um, I just I just finished a book called Simple and Sinister by Pavel. Um, he started Strong First, which is the kettlebell organization. Um, and if you're somebody who likes to dig in to the technique and the reasons and stuff why or behind why you're going to do what you're going to do, that'd be a great one. It's a quick, very quick read. Um, and if I say that, I, I, it is. Um, 
but for like personal growth, I would say I, I also like podcasts a lot. So um, Andy Andrews is a really great uh, podcast guy. He has written a lot of books, which I would highly recommend any of them. So I know that's not a specific answer, but all of his books are wonderful. And his podcast is called In the Loop with Andy Andrews. Um, he is such a like great guy of high character. The first time you ever listen to the podcast, you'd be like, whoa, what is this? He's kind of quirky too. Yeah, so he's super fun. quirky and uh, just really down to earth and very real. So about any topic um, that has to do with life. So not just fitness oriented, um, definitely not, that's not even how it's based really ever fitness stuff just mostly like personal growth and life questions so that's my little plug yeah more to add to the list yeah that's awesome yeah if you could go back 10 years and kind of give yourself some advice what would you say I would say um probably don't take everything at like face value um, you know, I, like I alluded to earlier, um, do your research, you know, um, ask people who you trust who are in the field that you're researching into, whether it's supplementation or fitness or whatever, um, ask the people who are knowledgeable and who really studied this stuff, what do they think about it? Um, so I think I, I believed a lot of things that uh, 14 would be 10 years ago for me. So I didn't really know much at that point and I wouldn't have known to research for myself, but that's what I would tell the younger me. Research for yourself and ask the people who know what you don't. So what about you? Well, we talked about this like a, probably a month or so ago. Um, when I look back on what I spent my time on when I was 15 is playing video games and just being kind of stupid with the way I manage my time. And so if I were to go back 10 years, I would tell myself to find what you really like to do and do it and be the best at it. Don't just go at things half-heartedly. And I know that there's a, a value in having an education and being well-rounded person, but you're going to be happiest doing the thing that you love to do the most, and if you're the best at it and you enjoy it, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year or a $25,000 salary, because you've probably heard this before in some research, those 80, 90-year-old people, when they go back and say, what would you tell yourself, kind of like you're you know, asking us, but 70 years down the road, they always say, I wish I would have done things differently. Spend more time doing the things I love with the people I love. And that's what I would tell myself. So I start earlier. Now we're at that point. I'm doing what I love yeah. uh, with the people that I love. Yep. And enjoying every minute of it. So. We were just talking about that on the way over here. Yeah. We were walking by all the dorms. I was like, man, I wasted so much time in college. <laughs> and screwing around. I... Isn't that so true? Yep. Live and learn. Yep. Live and learn. That's exactly. Sure. Never stop learning either. All right. Anything else? Just where people can find you. Anything you want to plug? 
Yeah, um, well, you can find us here. We're in our location right now at 1245 Badger Street. Um, we are on the second floor, and how things will work at the beginning, at least until we get some kinks ironed out, is um, we're pre-registration for classes, so you have to go to www.journeyactive.com to register for your classes. The week of October 31st, your first class is free, so come check that out. Um, and the doors will be unlocked for that, but for all other weeks and times, the doors will be locked, so you'll need a key fob to get in. Um, so, yeah, and then also our Facebook page, at Journey Active, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram, and I don't know what else. As far as um, plugs locally, obviously, total athletic therapy, and uh, uh, working with the Human Performance Lab at, at UWL. Um, we've had some really great partners in this journey so far. Um, 360 Real Estate has been just phenomenal to work with. Um, some of our other business partners, Citizen State Bank, have got high uh, customer expectation level in serving people. Um, and actually, we, we pulled a lot of stuff from a lot of the different partners that, that we've worked with to make our process better. So there, there are too many people to name, but those are a few of probably the most influential ones so far. Yeah, and I, I will plug uh, three more just uh, fitness-wise or really physical health-wise. The Center of Chiropractic is where we do our chiropractic care, but we advocate, you know, obviously for chiropractic care across the board because it's great for everybody. Um, but that's that's where we do our chiropractic care, and um, the doctors there are absolutely amazing, and they actually care about you, which is awesome. Um, and then Strong First, um, solid, amazing, driven company with a purpose. And then also ACE, the American Council on Exercise, which is where I also have my group fitness certification through. So really good about continuing education materials, getting general information out there for the public um, to read. So if you don't know, you can also check out either of their websites, and they have several um, like blogs, information articles that are open to more people than just those who have their certifications. So that's what I would plug. Sure. Good. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. For show notes, outlining, and linking to everything we covered in this episode, please check it out at clinicallypressed.com. While you're there, you can find all of our stuff from full episodes, insights, as well as our new CP shorts. You can also find us on any podcast outlet that you like to use to find your favorite podcast. And while you're there, please give us a review, rate us, or give us a thumbs up. We've been told it helps and we would appreciate it greatly. For more free content, please check out TotalAthleticTherapy.com and sign up for our free newsletter while you're there. All of our daily posts are delivered right to your email every Friday. Thank you and see you next episode.